that's an easy shoe in for me right away to show them something that is drastically wrong with the way that they are promoting on the web. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to our sponsor, Send Gym. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Gym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendgym.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendgym.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are actually going to be talking to Carl Sorensen of Sites for Contractors. What he does is he helps contractors with their online marketing strategies. Yeah, and he actually goes a little bit further than that. He uh, takes a little bit deeper dive. So welcome, Carl. How are you doing today? Good. How about you guys? Good. Hanging in there. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you being here. First off, do you mind uh, sharing a little bit of your story and where you come from and everything? Sure. So my name is Carl. I'm on the west coast of Canada on Vancouver Island in a little town called Qualicum Beach kind of seaside town, small population. Um, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. Uh, I got into internet marketing back in 2003, mainly doing like affiliate type stuff, lead generation type stuff. And it wasn't until about 2008 where I started to focus on working with contractors. I bought my first home at the time and I needed to have contractors do some work for me. And I started Googling them and trying to find people. And I realized at that time that the market was like really, really underserved as far as web stuff went. And I had the knowledge and experience to kind of help them. So I started that business overnight, really. Oh, that's awesome. And if you've been at this since 2003, that's literally like 100 years in internet (laughs) years, isn't it? A long time. You are maybe a dinosaur, I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, In 2015, I was approached by a couple of friends who were contractors locally, high school friends, and they wanted to start a landscaping company. They knew that I had the skills set that I had, so they kind of brought me on board and we launched that company. It was called Island Pro Mowing and Landscaping, and it's still running really strong today thanks to all the stuff we've done on the web. So No, that's awesome. And I know you're very active in our uh, Landscape Business Owners Facebook group. You, you're posting stuff quite a bit on Fridays, giving all kinds of help from information. So this is another reason why we wanted to have you on here today. Cool. We're actually excited because we're going to have you start helping out inside our uh, Million Dollar Academy too, helping some of our members and kind of take a deeper dive in some of the issues they're having and try to help their landscape business. For sure. Super excited to have you part of that. For sure. Landscapers need a lot of help (laughs) in this department. Yeah. Well, they do in this day and age, you can't like not have a website. I mean, that seems, it seems silly to not. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. To me, whenever I want to look for something, I go online and I look, research it first. So I think that's what many homeowners are doing, especially COVID kind of bringing on a little bit more, I think. What's your experience with that? Yeah, for sure. And you have a lot of the companies when, when COVID first started, a lot of my contractors were kind of panicking that, you know, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? My business is going to tank. And it was like maybe three, four weeks. And all of a sudden things started to like really take off for them. And I was getting contacted by also a lot of new contractors who did not have a solid web presence. And those guys were the ones that were struggling to find work because Mm -hmm. word of mouth 
dried up, yeah. like literally. <laughs> Nobody's talking. <laughs> Pretty quick. So yeah, exactly. Well, and I tell people too, even if somebody hears of you word of mouth, I think it's good to have that web presence too, because everybody Googles everything these days. And so if they're like, even if they've heard something good, they'll be like, but are they for real? Get on the internet and see what they can find. hundred percent. And that's, that's one thing that a lot of landscapers or contractors for that matter will overlook is they think just because they're getting word of mouth that that's just, they got that cat in the bag and that's a client. Mm-hmm. Reality, they get you through word of mouth, they know about you. Now they're going to do that research phase. And if you have a web presence that, you know, turns them away, you're never going to know that you got that word of mouth referral and turn them away. So, right. Yeah. If your website looks like, I always say this, it looks like, looks like something that like a 19 year old did in like 1995. <laughs> like, cause I remember back in the day in high school, like you had to make a web page yeah. for high school, but it was there like awful, yeah. but I still see some <laughs> web pages that kind of look like that. So yeah. that's what my first websites looked like too. Yeah. <laughs> they were bad. I think ours might as well. So can you tell us why is it so important to hire somebody that actually has experience and knowledge on websites versus just like going on finding a high school student or Fiverr or something like that? What's your experience? So that, that's a good question. Websites today are super easy to build, you know, with WordPress or Squarespace or GoDaddy or Wix or Weebly, any of these other builders out there, you can throw something together super, super fast. It looks decent. So you feel that you've done your company like a solid because you put this up. But in reality, there's just so much more that goes into it, not just in the actual structure and layout of the site to make it convert so people can actually take action on the site, but also making sure that the information is presented in such a way that people look at you as an expert Mm -hmm. and they actually want to deal with you. And then you have the whole other side of things, which is getting that website to get found because a lot of websites just sit there. And they'll collect dust for months, for years, until the contractor realizes that, you know, hey, something's not right. Usually it's when they're struggling to get business and then they'll want to do something about it. And by that time, you know, you're you're so far behind the eight ball, you're playing catch up. Absolutely. I feel a lot of times contractors don't realize how important the website is. You know, they'll, they'll go spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on a piece of equipment like that. Yeah. They come to their website and I don't, you want me to spend even a few $500 I've heard people complain about. Like, come on. Yeah. It's something that gets you more money. It's a tool in your, in your business. Exactly. And with landscapers, you got trucks, you got trailers, you got equipment. It's, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially for a company that's growing to any significant size. And just to not spend that kind of money to keep all that equipment and stuff working uh, is just silly. Yeah. And well, that's one of the thing you said in your, your business, your Island Pro business, you're able getting what thousands of leads per year. We get more than a thousand leads per year and that's just through the website itself. But that's also because we came into a market that was saturated, Yeah, but it was saturated with, with contractors that had really bad websites. Yeah. So when we came into the game and launched a site, it took a little while to get it rolling. It was about a month, month and a half until we started to get leads through the site. And then it was the second year when it really started to take off. Because uh, the website had some soap time, we were able to start getting reviews, start getting a lot of pictures of our work, that type of thing, just helped us jump so much faster into it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that brings up a good point because many people say they like they go on Wix or whatever and build the site and they think, oh, they if it didn't work come. like immediately, yeah, then. yeah. Build it, they'll come. <laughs> Does it work out? I see a lot of those threads in the Facebook group where someone will be asking about website stuff. You always have the same type of replies come in. So you have a few people that will recommend some developers. You'll have a few people that will say, oh, it's so easy. Just build it yourself, man. Look at mine. It's awesome. You know, it's great. But then when you start asking them questions like, okay, so you knew, you built your site. Uh, do people find it in Google? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> have you ever got a phone call from it? Well, uh, I don't know. And that's, you know, right there, it kind of tells you 
probably not the best person to follow about website stuff. Do you have any tips if somebody is looking to get their website done? You know, who should they hire? You know, what do they look for when they're looking to hire somebody? So a few things. One, you generally want to try and find somebody that specializes in your trade. So you don't want to hire a generalist designer. There's a lot of local developers. This is one of the biggest problems is a a contractor will try and find somebody local because they want to be able to see them face to face or deal with a local company. When you do that, those developers usually are generalists. So they'll, they'll build a website for anybody, the hairdresser, the dentist, the lawyer, the landscaper. So they never really get very good at promoting any one specific type of business. So they don't learn enough about your specific business needs, customer pain points, and services that you offer to be able to actually provide you an effective solution. Sure, they'll build you a nice site. It'll look nice. You'll feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside because you have this pretty website. But after six months to a year, that thing's just going to sit there and it's not going to do much. So you want to find somebody that specializes in your trade. The second thing you really want to look for is you want to make sure that they'll allow you or provide you with examples of other contractor sites in the specific trade. So you can A, check out their sites and B, contact them and ask them about the developer. That's one of the biggest things I always recommend a contractor do is look, contact their clients and see how it has worked out for them because they're not going to lie to you. They're going to tell you exactly what's up. Another thing that's really important when a contractor is looking to hire a developer, especially a local developer, is you want to make sure that they're not going to work with your competitors. So when you go after somebody, you find someone local that can develop your website and they build a site for you, it's been up for you know six months, a year, two years, and then another landscaper comes to them because they've seen your site and they want to build something similar. Are they going to take on that client and now directly compete with you or are they going to deny them? Well, a local developer who has to rely on that local business, they're probably going to build a site for them. Some developers care about it. Some don't. I think it's a conflict of interest personally. That's why I try to avoid that in all cases. Good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And you mentioned a little bit about content and how important it is. You mind sharing a little bit more about that? Content is critical on your site. And this is one area where contractors really, really miss the boat, especially landscapers. So landscapers provide a lot of different services. There's a whole pile of services that can fall under the landscaping umbrella. Whether you provide them all or you just specialize in a few, one of the biggest mistakes that a contractor will make with their site is they'll have a services page. And on that services page, they'll list everything that they do. This doesn't help. It confuses Google because they don't know what you're most important for. And you can't create the content at an in-depth level that's going to portray you as an expert and help people make that decision to choose you. So with content, it's really important that you break down your services into specific pages. So if you do retaining walls, that's a page. Yard cleanups, that's a page. Brick paver patios, that's a page. Driveways, that's a page. Decks, that's a page. And so on. So the average landscaping site can get pretty big. And we call that your web footprint. So the bigger your footprint on the web, the more opportunities you have to get found. By creating those individual pages of content, you also have the ability to speak directly to that specific customer. So if somebody is coming to your site looking for retaining walls and they see in your list of services that you do retaining walls, well, you know, they know you do it, but you're not really providing them any information on that service. So if you had a whole page dedicated to retaining walls and you're talking about the different types of block that are available, you're talking about wall surcharges, you're talking about hydrostatic pressure, you're talking about geogrid. Now you're starting to speak to somebody specifically about the specific pain points they may have around retaining walls. Maybe they need to rebuild a failed retaining wall because their contractor never talked to them about any of this stuff. So you're starting to resonate with the customer on a much more personal level and you're portraying yourself as an expert. 
when you just have one page on your site that tries to list everything that you do, you have no opportunity to do that. Yeah, I see that a lot with a lot of landscapers just listing everything oh, yeah, they just do. Oh, bulleted I list. Mean, yeah. It's all over. <laughs> I love it when I see that on a customer's site that's coming to me and asking for advice because that's an easy shoe in for me right away to show them something that is drastically wrong with the way that they are promoting on the web. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that is really important for a landscape contractor, especially in larger metro areas, is there specific areas, they might be a city, a town, a suburb, where they're more affluent, maybe they're more established, so the homes are older, they have more established landscapes. These are places that you also wanna target with your website, and you can do that by creating a service area page and listing your service areas, and to take it even further, you start to create an individual page for each city, town, or suburb that you do services in. This is much how real estate agents would target a certain area. And it's very effective, especially for landscapers and other trades where you need to deal with customers that have the money to hire you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought of that either. So see, I'm learning tons. <laughs> I don't make web pages. So. Well, th- this is where the experience comes to play here. Like having somebody who knows all this type of things because Google's changing all the time. All their algorithms are changing all the time. So like, I'm sure you're keeping up on this all the time because it's yeah. always changing. So if you go hire the high school student, he's not going to know all this stuff. No, no. And and with Google, like, yeah, it's changing all the time, but the basics have always remained the same. Just serve the customer really good content that educates them and portrays you as an expert. And you're generally not going to have a problem with Google. If you go and you hire a, a, an SEO guy from Fiverr or some freelancer on a freelance site, and you don't really know what they're doing or what their strategy is, that can cost you a lot of money in the future, because then you have to hire someone like me that knows what went wrong and we can go in and fix it for you. Yep. And it's not cheap to fix bad SEO work. It's expensive. So do you also recommend updating pictures so often, adding blog posts, anything other than that to help educate people and show them your new? Absolutely. So for landscapers, you are in a highly visual trade. Pictures are huge. You've seen on some of the websites that I've done, I have before and after pictures. I really, really encourage landscapers to get good before and afters. Showing somebody an after picture is is great. They don't really know what you did. If you can show somebody a before picture and then the after picture. Yeah, that contrast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they know exactly what you've done. And you can load those up on your website in such a way. We we make a nice display where the visitor can slide the image back and forth. I like that. And you can see the before and after. Well, that creates engagement on the site. So if you have, let's say, 10 or 20 of those before and afters, your website visitor is not going to go through one. They're going to go through all of them. So they're staying on your site longer and they're engaging. It also works as a great sales tool. So if you're doing an estimate, you're in a customer's home or on their property, you can show them that with your mobile or your tablet, and you can slide them back and forth and show them the before and afters of the work you've done. So it's a great selling tool. So pictures before and afters are absolutely paramount. You got to have them. If you don't have them, you're not going to get the results that you should be getting. So I have a lot of contractors will come to me and they've been in business for several years and their photo album is atrocious, like what they've (laughs) taken for photos. So before and afters are usually one of our our number one things that we try and work on right away. Mm -hmm. As far as content, blog posts, definitely, uh, they're helpful. Answering customers' questions, talking about customers' specific pain points. So why does somebody need something done on their property? And if you've been in in the landscaping industry for any length of time, you've dealt with a lot of customers, you're going to start to see some commonalities. So maybe someone is embarrassed about the look of their property. Maybe somebody, they don't want the maintenance regime that they have currently. So they want something low maintenance. Maybe they want their property to look nice for a specific event or something like that. So those are ways that you can tackle blog topics. One of the other things we recommend that's 
a little bit more effective is blogging about specific projects that you have done. And this plays into a bigger strategy, which I can talk about in a second, but you take a specific project that you've done that you're really proud of, and you create an actual showcase on your site about it. So instead of just having a picture or two of the project, you actually have a blog post that describes the project, what it was, what the scope of work was, why the customer wanted you to do it. That's pretty important. So why the customer wanted you to complete this project, any challenges that you faced, any specific materials that you use that could be types of landscaping block. It could be types of paving stones. It could be types of plants, but that way you're starting to populate the post with keywords. So if somebody in your area is searching for a specific type of landscape stone or a landscape block, you're going to have that post that talks about using that specific block within a project. Now you're easier to find. So on those posts, the other thing we include too is, uh, so we've got the story about kind of what happened with the project. We want to include a map as well as where the project was located. You don't need an address, but a zip code, a city, a town, that works fine. I usually put a Google map in there just to localize it a little more. And over time, these will start to build up on your site. So over a period of a year, you might have 20 or 30 of these showcases on your site. Where that starts to become powerful is you can now group your specific types of projects. So let's say you have a retaining wall page on your site and you've done 15 retaining walls over the last year. All of those projects can be showcased on that page. So you're starting to build a really relevant hub of information. And because those posts are individually tagged geographically, you're starting to really blanket search engines with that content. So instead of just having one page show up in Google search, you can have your retaining wall page show up and then you can have multiple projects show up as well. So you're starting to push competitors down and you're starting to monopolize the search results. That's amazing. (laughs) What's amazing about this is just thinking about this, like if I'm looking for landscaping and say, you know, Scott and I are just Googling around. And if I find this, I'm going to be the person that's like, ooh, they're telling the story of, oh, they wanted it because of this and there's pictures and it looks cool. And He's going to be the one that's like, I want to know exactly how many square feet it was and what kind of stuff they were using. (laughs) So you're hitting more than one thing. And so then like if, you know, if there's a couple sitting down and looking at it and one person is really just wants kind of like big picture and I want it to look nice and I want it because, you know, I'm having a family reunion, you'll cover that. Plus you're going to cover somebody that really wants kind of more specific details that like the other spouse might not really care about. The whole point of it is that you're now resonating with those potential customers. Mm -hmm. So you're giving them a message that makes sense to them and makes them want to reach out and contact you. One of the other things that I kind of missed in there is you don't have to put a specific price for the project, but you can put in a range. So, you know, this project costs between 10 and $20,000. And that way you're, you're going to weed out people that don't have the money to spend and you're not going to waste your time. And the people that are okay with that price range, they're going to contact you because they're okay with it and they like the work that you do. So yeah. it's a really important strategy. If you're going to be blogging, that's what I would suggest a contractor does. Nice. nice. Yeah, I like that. I like to be able to use your website to actually kind of weed out some of the people and just it just makes it better for you as the owner when you're out there trying to do all these bids, especially come springtime. So. Yeah, it's a good pre-qualifier. Yeah. Like it. yeah. You mentioned a little bit about SEO. So if somebody's not sure what SEO is, you mind just going on a little bit about that and how important it is? Sure. So SEO is search engine optimization. SEO in itself, probably not helpful for a landscaper. What a landscaper wants to focus on is local SEO. So local SEO, that's local search optimization for a specific geographic area, city, town, county, you know, state, if you're that big. But it's not something that you do after the website is built. The website has to be built around SEO. So the strategy starts from the ground up. Just like I talked about building out individual pages for your services, building out individual pages for your service areas, that's all part of an SEO plan. Yeah, it boils down to building the website, but 
it's part of an effective SEO plan. And you can't even go to the next stage of SEO, which would be off-page SEO. So we have on-page SEO, this is what happens on your site. And we have off-page SEO, this is what happens off your site. And you can't even get to that second stage unless the site has been done right. And I see a lot of contractors, they'll hire one person to build the website, but then they'll try and find somebody else that can do the SEO work. And if that's the case, you've already lost that battle. So you're now, you're going to be spending money. Well, actually lighting money on fire is a better (laughs) analogy for that because you've dealt with a web developer that didn't know the SEO side of things. And now you're trying to find someone that can come and redo all that work. And most times they're just happy to take a monthly payment from you without addressing any of the issues on the website. So you get stuck in this trap where you spend a whole bunch of money and and you don't get anything out of it. Yeah, there's so many SEO companies out there. Like just, I know in our uh, Landscape Business Owners Facebook group, I weed out people all the time. They're just marketers, (laughs) SEO specialists. It's crazy. Like how many people are out there just coming in like crazy? It's, It's insane. And like I said, most of them, When somebody wants SEO work, they're more than happy to sell you SEO work, but they're not going to look at the root causes of why you need the SEO work done. So if you have a website built properly right from the start with a good foundation, you actually don't need as much SEO work in the future. You know, you're always going to need to add blog posts and project posts and before and after photos and all that can play into an SEO strategy. But once you get the bulk of the work done building the site, you don't have to have someone come in and rebuild that all the time, right? So it's important to have that done right from the start. Do it right once, and then you don't have to do it again. I like this is a lot. This is a lot of good information. These are things I didn't know. I am now all of a sudden very (laughs) self-conscious about our SEO. I I don't know. I I don't even know where to put my hands. I'm just not going to talk about it. So, but I think this is all great because as someone who is not the most tech savvy, which, you know, I know a lot of landscapers aren't, this is all fantastic information. So What's, yeah. all things I didn't know, Scott might've known. Well, you see people all the time, like, ah, oh, I can just do it ourselves. You know, we've talked about this a little bit, but you're not going to get this kind of knowledge and experience. Absolutely not. And it's the trial and error, you know, it's taken me a better part of almost you know, 18 years to figure most of this stuff out. Uh, And yeah, Google continually changes. So you got to stay on top of that. You got to stay on top of other competitors that are constantly trying to do better than you in this realm. And if you're building a site yourself or you're hiring someone that's inexperienced and your competitors going out there and they're dropping the money on somebody that knows what they're doing, they're going to beat you by leaps and bounds. It's not even a question. Mm -hmm. And you'll have the landscapers that think that, well, I get a lot of word of mouth and, you know, I have decals on my trucks and trailers and and I'm doing flyers and and distribution. None of that compares to the web at all. You can't ask any landscaper that has a website that ranks at the top of Google if they would be willing to give that up. And the answer would be no every time. Well, I think it's just to incorporate. It's okay to, you got, you know, got to have the flyers and the trucks and the stickers. That's all great. But just, you have to prioritize the web just as much as you prioritize those things. Exactly. Like just fold it into your marketing strategy. And by prioritizing the web and making that local resource, portraying yourself as an expert, positioning yourself, elevating yourself above your competitors, all of those other advertising methods are going to work way better. Yeah. And I I think a lot of landscapers, like I said, they they want to do themselves because they're trying to save money. But you could be out doing so many other important things, getting those sales and working on your business rather than trying to research how to build a website or yeah. how to do all this stuff. In the long run, it's better off in the end just to pay somebody. My saying is jumping over dollars to save dimes. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing when you build it yourself or you hire somebody that's inexpensive and inexperienced just because you don't know all the details that need to go into it. You think you're getting a great website for that thousand or fifteen hundred bucks, but in reality, you might as well have had a campfire with your money. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. This is something that we've kind of had to learn as we get a little older because we are, we're just kind of those like DIY people. We're just kind of like figure it out. People, That's just kind of how we are. And I think a lot of landscaping business owners are like that. We're just kind of used to just doing everything ourselves and just figuring it out. But as we've gotten older, we've definitely learned there are sometimes it's better to just leave it to the experts, pay the money, 
let them handle it. And then we can be focusing on other things that make us money. Mm-hmm. Like we, we have other things we can focus on. So <laughs> exactly, have somebody do it for you and yeah, focus on growing your business. So yeah, uh, I think a lot of landscapers need to really take a look at their websites and just evaluate, look at through your customer's eyes. I had a person that's in our academy reach out to us and uh, I looked at his website, didn't list any of his services, didn't have anything on there. I'm like, what do you offer? Well, I do this and this and that. I'm like, I don't know that if I'm a customer, I can't find it on your website. Yeah. I mean, he just had a plain website, but if I can't find it, your customer surely can't find it. So this is just something they don't think about and they don't realize until somebody points it out. So Yeah. That's another thing with landscaping websites that is done really poorly. Well, all trade websites is poor calls to action on the site. So you have to have the website broken down in the way that we've talked. And so you have pages for your service, pages for your specific service areas, and you need to have strong calls to action on every single page of the site. So when we build a site, you can't go to a single page of that site without finding a tap to call button, Mm -hmm. request an estimate button, and a contact form right there on that page. So the customer never has to search around and try and figure out how to contact you. You've got to make it like super, super dead easy. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we touched briefly on was the service pages and having photos, before and after photos. One of the other common mistakes I'll see a landscaper make with their website is they'll create a gallery page. Um, yeah, that's great. You can showcase your work. But the problem is, is that you're going to showcase all kinds of different projects on that one page. You should be taking the photos and organizing them for the specific type of service they are. So on the retaining wall page, all your retaining wall pictures go there. Before and afters, if you have them, perfect. On your lawn maintenance page, all your lawn maintenance pictures go there and so on and so forth. That way you're starting to organize your hubs so that when somebody comes to your website through search, they find the specific page that they're looking for. They don't need to surf anywhere else on your site. They've got everything they need on that one page to make a decision right now. And that's where you start to boost conversions. And with landscaping sites, typically these sites don't receive a lot of traffic. You know, the Island Pro site, I'd consider that a really busy site that gets anywhere from a thousand to 1500 visitors a month in the peak season. That's not a lot when it comes to web traffic. So you've got to maximize the amount of leads that you're getting out of that. And by having the proper calls to action, building the relevant hubs, having the right types of content, that's going to just amplify what you're getting out of the site Absolutely, with such minimal traffic. So I guess if you have the call to action button on their website and it's uh, formed, how does that get downloaded to the owner? You know, do they go to the CRM or is it just emailed to them? How is that handled? Uh, yeah. So there's a few ways that that can be done. We build the sites with WordPress and we use a plugin called Gravity Forms, which allows us to make nice, pretty forms. Those can be texted to the owner, emailed to the owner, and then they can also be added into a CRM if the landscaper is using a CRM. So lots of flexibility in that realm. With Island Pro, I I tended to like getting the emails better than the phone calls because with the phone calls, you know, you might not be able to answer the phone at that time. You might be busy doing something. With an email, you can actually make a calculated reply. And if somebody is coming through the contact form, they've given you more information, you can answer their query specifically. That's another thing I see talk about contact forms is, People will just ask for a name, an email, a phone number. You've got to ask more questions than that. You need to get name, email, phone number. Usually a best time to call. It's not too bad either. Project address. So this project street address. And then you want a section for questions or comments. And this is where people will kind of pour their heart out to you and tell you specific pain points that they're having, why they need you to do this estimate or look at this job whatever. And it also allows you to pre-qualify them just based on what they've said. So it's super helpful information that you need to collect from every prospect that comes through your site. So if you have a contact form and you're just asking name, email, phone number, you need to ramp that up a little bit and start getting a little bit more data. 
Absolutely. And I think you can even go like a step further with that when somebody downloads or does the form, fills it out. You can start them in an email sequence that just educates them about you or shows off some of the projects. So if they said they're interested in the retaining wall, you can send them, you know, links to your website that has retaining wall. Absolutely. That's called a conditional form. Yeah. And that's something that you can build with gravity. So you could have a, yep. a drop down that would say, what service are you interested in? And if somebody selected retaining walls, you can have it so that the confirmation page, so the page they go to after submitting the form, will take them to your retaining wall page. <laughs> and then you could start an email sequence from there. But when we start getting into email sequences for specific services, now we're creating a, a monster of a marketing machine. There's a lot of work involved in, in doing that. Oh, yeah. But it could pay off so much. <laughs> yes. We actually we have a marketing coach in the academy that her specialty is email marketing. Yeah. So yeah. line up all the experts. <laughs> Boom, website yeah. guy. Got the, you think got the marketing lady. You just yeah. line them all up. So anyway. <laughs> all right, Carl, there's a lot of information in here. And I, I, I challenge all landscapers to take a look at their website and review it and see what it looks like. And look, like I said, look through the customer's eyes and then how yeah. can you if improve If they wanted it? to work with Carl Moore, what's your website? Is it just sites for contractors with the number four? Yeah, sites for contractors with the number four. And they can find me right there, see some of the work I've done. And if you want to get your website looked at or have a consultation, there's a form on the page. You can get in contact with me. We yeah. always put that in show notes. And yeah. if people are in landscaping business owners, they can find you in there. So We'll put it all over. Carl's a great guy. He's a down-to-earth guy. So I definitely encourage you to reach out to him. Yeah, hit him up. For sure. All right, before you go, we've got some of our pod deck questions. These are okay. just silly questions we like to ask people that we interview. So the first one is, do you have a favorite t-shirt? And if so, what's on it and what does it say? Favorite t-shirt. It has nothing on it. They are plain Jane, usually blue or green. It might say Eddie Bauer on it. That's about it. That's it? Nothing? <laughs> nice. No, like Star Wars t-shirt from high school or anything like that? No, no. <laughs> All right. And if, uh, if you were to come back as a person or a thing, what do you think you'd be? An eagle. Oh, that, nice. that's pretty hardcore. Nice. That's pretty cool. That's like, just go all the way. Like, don't come back. You're not a pigeon. You're coming back as an eagle. I like that. The ability to fly, see in color. Those talons. Ah, yeah. That's right. You're awesome. a predator. That is a bird of prey. <laughs> I've thought about that one before. That's why I had that answer. Oh, uh, you do. That was ready to go. I love it. <laughs> and if you had someone following you around all the time, what would you have them do? Following me around all the time, what would I have them do? That is a good question. <laughs> I've got four kids that follow me around all the time. So oh. maybe actually, maybe listen to me. <laughs> That's a good one. That's awesome. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just a little bit would be nice. Yeah, just exactly. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's a good one. Um, we I got like two teenagers that we understand. So. <laughs> yeah, they don't listen either. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Carl. Well, we appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, we'll definitely have your information inside the uh, show notes. And uh, you guys, you have to look at your website as an asset in your business. So definitely take a look at it and see what you could do to improve on it. Carl's your guy to reach out to on this. So thanks, Carl, for joining us today. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. Hey everyone, just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message.